Time for Economy Tutor, where we get a comprehensive guide to all the big economic issues of the week. Joining us from Catholic University, as always, here in the studio, Professor Yang Jun-suk. Good morning. Morning. We're going to talk about this new financial consumer protection law that uh, comes into effect. Uh, It's a result of complaints from um, uh, people that these uh, financial institutions, banks, security companies, insurance companies are taking advantage of consumers by not explaining, kind of being transparent about what they're exactly selling. Uh, And uh, the lack of transparency uh, forces consumers to buy uh, financial products that they may not actually need or may not be appropriate. And this is all kind of just a profit uh, chased by these companies extorting or kind of just swindling um, vulnerable or naive customers. Uh, so let's talk about the basic points of the law and whether this is good or bad for the overall finance financial sector. Um, initially, what are the main points of this law? Okay, well, this uh, law is supposed to deal with consumer protection for financial transactions across all types of financial institutions and transactions. So it's supposed to be a form of a consolidated law. Uh, so this includes banks, insurance, financial investment firms, uh, credit uh, savings banks, other type of lenders, and online transactions as well. So it encompasses almost everything uh, dealing with financial transactions. The uh, sellers of financial products must set up internal control measures for consumer protection. This basically means establishing a division within the company for consumer protection and appointing an executive officer in charge. And sellers are required to follow six sales principles. We'll talk about that, I guess, a bit later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Consumers will have the right to withdraw from transactions within a certain cooling off period for highly complex products. If the seller violated the six Uh, sales principles, and the uh, buyer can withdraw from the transaction up to five years after the date of the contract and within one year from the date that the uh, buyer became aware of the violation. Uh, Penalties for companies which do not comply has been strengthened, so the uh, maximum administrative fines have increased from 50 million won to 100 million won, and penalties may rise up to 50% of the offender's revenues from that transaction. And then uh, it's an interesting detail about financial institutions, uh, the sellers. Uh, they may not sue the buyers for disputes involving less than 20 million won. You've, you know, we've seen in the movies a lot how uh, the uh, large companies can uh, sue the uh, innocent victims and try to get them to uh, withdraw the case because of the high legal costs. And this is a measure to try to... Uh, ban that type of uh, threat. Uh, So instead, uh, these type of cases must go into arbitration. Okay, so you got a couple of benefits here then for consumers. First of all, if I buy some kind of complicated product and I get some buyer's remorse or cold feet and I feel, maybe this wasn't the wise purchase, I have a little bit of a grace period for me to be able to cancel that contract. Second, if I buy a product that violates these so-called six rules, then I have up to five years to do so. And one year after I find out that they violated this, uh, let's talk about then these six principles and uh, in, in, in more detail. Okay. Uh, the six principles are suitability. I'm going to have to explain that. Second, uh, it's, uh, tra- uh, translation differs from document to document, but it's translated either as adequacy or appropriateness. That's the second principle. And then the third principle is duty to explain. Uh, Fourth principle is uh, prohibition of unfair practices. 
fifth principle is the pro prohibition of misleading or unsolicited recommendations. And the final principle is prohibition of false or exaggerated uh, advertisements. Now, uh, taking the uh, two main principles, which ironically also have, uh, uh, you cannot tell what they mean by the uh, definitions that they use. The first uh, principle, suitability. Suitability means that the seller must not recommend financial products which are not suitable for the consumer in terms of his wealth, experience with financial products, uh, so whether he's uh, amateur or experienced, and based on those type of uh, differences, different recommendations must be made. So seller must determine first the uh, financial knowledge and conditions of the buyer, take and answer questions from the buyer, confirm agreement by the buyer through signature or recording. They do a lot of this already. And then if the, uh, there's a request by the buyer, he must provide these answers and proof of confirmation, uh, the signature or the uh, recording. Mm -hmm. The second principle adequateness or appropriateness it means that if the buyer voluntarily wants to buy a product and if the product is deemed inappropriate for his uh, wealth status uh, or his knowledge uh, the seller must inform the buyer uh, that this may not be appropriate for him though the buyer can still buy the product if he overrules the seller's advice uh, now, the uh, fact that the uh, seller warned the buyer must be confirmed through buyer's signature or through recording. The other four principles, I think, are fairly obvious. The duty to explain, prohibition of unfair practices, prohibition of misleading and unsolicited recommendations, prohibition of false or exaggerated advertisements. Uh, those are, in uh, some sense, going into more details about these yeah. uh, first two principles. So fairly subjective. But uh, to put it vulgar, like in, in a blunt way, if I'm a poor dum-dum, I have no business buying these products and I have to be, it has to be made clear to me that I should not buy these certain products. What do you think is the overall effect of the new law? Okay, well, for the sellers, uh, the uh, salesmen will have to be much more careful with offering products for sale, checking whether the buyer understands what is being sold. And there's a lot of this already for financial products. Uh, if you ever signed a contract uh, for investment or insurance, you have to sign all these documents now, saying that you have heard various warnings, you understand the risks or uh, you have to state through the uh, recording that you acknowledge these problems. And there will probably be even more such documents and such uh, recordings in the uh, near future. The gray area, though, is where the consumer signed such documents but later claimed that they did not understand what was being said. Uh, I actually had some of this problem myself. Oh. Uh, some of the products are really, really complicated. Even for uh, an e economy professor. Yeah, we like things simple. Okay. Uh, so, uh, especially if the uh, consumer bought a risky uh, product and lost money, they may try to get their claims back uh, through using this means. Even though they understood the risks, they may say that they didn't understand it and try to get their money back. Uh, so, unless there are really good reasons, the uh, signature will probably trump claims made later. Uh, so, I'm not sure if there will be much difference between uh, what's happening now and what's going to happen after the law is signed. Um, uh, more concern uh, for the uh, financial uh, institutions is that uh, there's a strengthened right to withdraw from the contract. So uh, financial companies which receive these contracts, uh, it may uh, disappear 
up to the uh, cooling off period. So they can't really uh, do, th- uh, do anything permanent with the money until the cooling period has passed. And that ranges from seven days to one month, depending on the product. And if the uh, uh, buyer uh, demands withdrawal, the seller must cancel the contract and return all or most of the monies involved depending on the product. Uh, so s- seller, the financial institution, uh, I'm sorry to say this about large companies, but they may be in some, uh, they may t- uh, take the loss, uh, loss or risk from consumers changing mm-hmm. their minds. Uh, so that will probably raise the cost of these financial institutions. And the under, another concern for the seller is the increased penalties. Uh, but uh, we've seen way many cases, not only in Korea, but in other countries, if the penalties are set too low, financial institutions right. often just ignore these conditions. So I think it's probably better to have higher penalties. Okay. Well, finally then, just address what would be some of the pitfalls for buyers. Okay. Well, uh, the law was designed to benefit buyers, but uh, if you invest in uh, financial institutions, uh, if you have stocks in these companies because of these new rules, uh, the uh, stock price may fall and you may have an increased risk if you're a stockholder in these companies. Uh, sellers may become more reluctant to sell you the uh, product that you want if you're an uh, investor. If you're an amateur but you want to uh, invest in risky products, you would have to convince the buyer that I know the risks. Um, and then uh, in the... Uh, you uh, and then uh, the uh, so uh, well, well uh, if the problem is uh, as I said before, if you know the risks, okay, uh, then uh, yeah. you may want to buy the product anyway, but it may become harder. Caveat mTOR, but at the same time, uh, perhaps a little bit more uh, restrictions in what you're able to do, both as a seller and as a buyer. Uh, As always, Professor Yang, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And look forward to talking to you next week. See you then. All right. We're going to say goodbye. Coming up next is Life Abroad, hosted by Na Yen. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. for another edition of This Morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.